The ACB E Forum, Volume Fifty Five, April Twenty Seventeen, Number Ten. Read by Jennifer Ivers in the recording studio of the Perkins Library. Published by the American Council of the Blind. Be a part of ACB. The American Council of the Blind trademark is a membership organization made up of more than seventy state and special interest affiliates. To join, contact the national office at one eight hundred four two four eight six six six. Contribute to our work. Those much-needed contributions which are tax-deductible can be sent to Attention Treasurer, ACB, sixty-three hundred Shingle Creek Parkway, Suite one ninety-five, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, five five four three zero. If you wish to remember a relative or friend, the national office has printed cards available for this purpose. Consider including a gift to ACB in your last will and testament. If your wishes are complex, call the national office. To make a contribution to ACB by the combined federal campaign, use this number: one 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 five five. Check in with ACB. For the latest in legislative and governmental news, call the Washington Connection twenty four seven at one eight hundred four two four eight six six six, or read it online. Listen to ACB reports by downloading the MP three file from www.acb.org, or call six zero five four seven five eight one five four. And choose option three. Tune in to ACB Radio at www.acbradio.org, or by calling six zero five four seven five eight one three zero. Learn more about us at www.acb.org. Follow us on Twitter at at acb. N A T I O N A L, or like us on Facebook at www. f a c e b o o k. c o m slash a m e r i c a n c o u n c i l. O F T H E B L I N D O F F I C I A L. Copyright 2017, American Council of the Blind. Eric Bridges, Executive Director. Sharon Lovering, Editor. 1703 North Borgard Street, Suite 420. Alexandria, Virginia, two two three one one. Table of contents. President's message: Service dogs and the Supreme Court by Kim Charlson. It's almost time to register for Reno by Janet Dickelman. Volunteer at the information desk in Sparks by Vicky Prayin. Let the sparks fly in Nevada this summer by Donna Brown.
Come prepared to bid and buy at the Sparks of Enthusiasm auction. In the palm of nature, snapshot of a multi-sensory experience in Italy's Abruzzo, Lazio e Molise National Park, by Richard Retta. SAZCB President Takes Piano Bar by Storm, by Lindsay McHugh. Don't Touch That Dial, It's Time for Blind and Beyond, by Greg Lindberg. How You Sound Really Matters, by Larry P. Johnson. How can your chapter or affiliate strengthen your personal outreach to your local community? Compiled by Ardis Bazin. Affiliate News. Here and There, edited by Sharon Strakowski. High-Tech Swap Shop. Are you moving? Do you want to change your subscription? Contact Sharon Lovering in the ACB National Office, 1-800-424-8666, or via email, s-l-o-v-e-r-i-n-g at acb dot o-r-g. Give her the information and she'll make the changes for you. Keep up with the most important ACB news and announcements without any other chatter. Subscribe to the ACB Announce Listserv. Send a blank email to announce-subscribe at acblists.org or visit www.acblists.org slash m-a-i-l-m-a-n slash l-i-s-t-i-n-f-o slash a-n-n-o-u-n-c-e and type your email address and name where indicated. ACB Radio brings old-time radio drama to you 24-7 at www.acbradio.org slash T-R-O-V-E. The ACB Radio Cafe features the work of blind artists 24-7 at www.acbradio.org slash C-A-F-E. President's Message, Service Dogs and the Supreme Court, by Kim Charlson. It is quite rare that a case relating to service dogs would make it all the way up the lofty legal heights to the Supreme Court of the United States. But that is exactly what happened with the case of Elena Fry v. Napoleon Community Schools. On February 22, 2017, the court ruled that if a school discriminates against a student with a disability using a guide or service dog animal, the parents have the option to go directly to court to enforce the student's rights under the Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA, and Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act. The crux of this case was that the parents do not need to exhaust all the administrative and or grievance procedures under the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, IDEA. What does that mean? 
It means that a case can be brought forth using Title II of the ADA and Section 504's promise of non-discriminatory access to a public institution will supersede IDEA's Guarantee of Free Appropriate Public Education, FAPE. In this case, Elena Fry, a student with cerebral palsy who uses a trained service dog, was denied access to her service animal in the classroom environment. The ruling means that a family does not have to exhaust the administrative remedies dictated by IDEA first. Any advocates who have dealt with school districts' tendencies to drag out the hearings process can appreciate the significance of this decision. Justice Kagan delivered the opinion of the court, in which Roberts, Kennedy, Ginsburg, Breyer, and Sotomayor joined, and in which Justice Alito filed an opinion concurring in part and concurring in the judgment, in which Thomas joined. The eight justices held that exhaustion of the IDEA's administrative procedures is unnecessary, where the essence of the complaint is something other than the denial of the IDEA's core guarantee of a free and appropriate public education. The IDEA guarantees individually tailored educational services, while Title II of the ADA and Section 504 promise non-discriminatory access to public institutions. Six justices, Kagan, Roberts, Kennedy, Ginsburg, Breyer, and Sotomayor, highlighted several clues to determine whether the essence of a complaint against a school involves denial of FAPE or instead address disability-based discrimination. Could the individual have brought essentially the same claim if the alleged conduct had occurred in a public facility that was not a school, for example, a library? Could an adult at the school, for example, an employer or visitor, have pressed essentially the same grievance? If the answer is yes, as in the case of the presence of a service animal, the case likely does not involve FAPE, and exhaustion of IDEA administrative procedures is not required. If the answer is no, then the complaint probably concerns FAPE, and exhaustion would be required. I commend the Supreme Court and their unanimous ruling in support of the civil rights of students using service dogs to allow them to be independent in the school or community. I hope that this decision will have far-reaching ramifications for many people with disabilities who attempt to make use of their service dogs in the public school setting. As Penny Reader, president of Guide Dog Users Incorporated, so eloquently said, it's so awesome to see a unanimous Supreme Court decision having to do with an issue we all care so much about. I couldn't have said it better. It's almost time to register for Reno by Janet Dickelman. The American Council of the Blind Conference and Convention is fast approaching. Later this month, I'll begin posting convention previews to the email lists. They will also be aired on ACB Radio. The convention previews provide details regarding programming, tours, hotel materials, and menus, as well as information about the surrounding Sparks area. If you received updates for the 2016 convention, you need not subscribe again to the convention announce list. If you didn't, send a blank email to acbconvention-subscribe at acblists.org to join the list. 
Convention dates are June 30th through July 7th. The place to be is the Nugget Casino and Resort in Sparks, Nevada. Registration details. It is almost time to register for the 2017 American Council of the Blind Conference and Convention. Online registration will open on May 24th and close on June 20th. Registration prior to the convention is easy and saves time. Plus, the earlier you register, the better chance you have of booking tours and attending workshops that have limited availability. Thanks to our generous corporate sponsors, convention registration will be $15 pre-registration and $25 at the convention. A one-page mailer will be distributed providing registration details prior to the opening of registration. If your email address is in ACB's database, you will receive the mailer via email. Otherwise, it will be sent to you via U.S. mail. The information will also be posted on the ACB Convention, Leadership, and ACBL email lists. Once registration opens on May 24th, there are several ways to register for the convention, online, via telephone, or by requesting a paper form. Register online by visiting www.acbconvention.org. If you registered online last year, the username and password you created can be used again. The profile you created with your contact information will be saved. Please make certain to review your profile to make sure your contact information is current. If not, you may update your profile. You can also register via telephone. When you call the registration line, 1-800-866-3242, you will be asked to leave a message with your contact information. We'll need your name, telephone number, the best times to reach you, and your time zone. One of our registration experts will return your call as quickly as possible. Please keep in mind that individuals completing registration forms are volunteers. The registration cadre is very conscientious, but due to the high volume of calls, it may take them a few days to get back to you. Paper registration forms will not automatically be sent unless requested. If you would like a paper registration form, request it before May 1st by calling 612-332-3242. Forms will be sent via first-class mail when pre-registration opens on May 24th. Registration at the Convention Registration in Reno will open on Friday, June 30th. Those who are taking the museum tour on Friday morning will be on a list. You will be able to pick up your tour ticket when you board the bus. Friday, June 30th through Sunday, July 2nd, registration will be open from 8 to 11 a.m. for pre-reg pickup only. Only those who registered prior to June 20th may obtain their registration packets. Last year, this was a great time saver for those of you who completed pre-registration. After 11 a.m., registration will be open for pre-registration pickup and for people who have not yet registered. Monday through Thursday, registration will be open all day for both pre-registration pickup and initial registrations. Hotel Details All rooms at the Nugget have refrigerators and safes.
Room rates at the Nugget Casino Resort are $89, single or double occupancy, with an additional $10 per person for up to four people per room. The tax rate is currently 13.5%. There is also a $2 per day tourism tax added to each room. When you book your reservation, one night's stay will be charged to your credit card. Included in the room rate is the hotel resort fee, which covers round-trip shuttle transportation to and from Reno Tahoe International Airport, complimentary wireless internet in guest rooms, daily complimentary bottled water, two bottles per room per day, unlimited use of the year-round atrium pool, unlimited use of the fitness center, full-service concierge, Valet and self-parking in the secured, covered parking structure. To make reservations via telephone, call 1-800-648-1177 and ask for group code GACB17. You may also make reservations online by going to www.acb.org and following the 2017 conference and convention link. Convention Contacts 2017 Exhibit Information Michael Smitherman 601-331-7740 AMDUO at B-E-L-L-S-O-U-T-H dot N-E-T. 2017 Advertising and Sponsorships. Marjorie Beeman. 512-921-1625. O-L-E-O 50 at H-O-T-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M. For any other convention-related questions, contact Janet Dickelman, Convention Chair, at 651-428-5059 or via email janet.dickelman at gmail.com. Volunteer at the Information Desk in Sparks. Stop by the information desk at the 2017 National Convention. You can find hotel orientation information and menus, sign up for newspaper delivery, drop off door prizes, drop off items for the Brenda Dillon Memorial Auction, make reservations for banquet tables, and report items you have lost or found. Friendly and knowledgeable volunteers will be available throughout the convention to answer questions in person and by phone about meeting locations, caucuses, and special activities, download files and distribute hard copies of documents, and log in your door prizes and auction items. If you want materials downloaded, bring your thumb drive, cartridge, or SD card. If you want to volunteer, contact me at... P-R-A-H-I-N at I-C-L-O-U-D dot C-O-M or 614-949-7757. We need a team of willing helpers to make this a really good time in Sparks, Nevada. Vicki Prayin Let the Sparks Fly in Nevada This Summer by Donna Brown Are you ready to walk for ACB? 
Do you want to be a part of the fastest-growing fundraising event for ACB and one of the hottest social events at the ACB conference and convention? Well, let the sparks fly on the 1st of July. This is the theme for the 2017 ACB Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk. Once again, affiliates can create teams and designate up to 50% of the funds they raise to go back to the affiliate. Talk about a win-win fundraiser. For assistance with creating teams, contact the Minneapolis office at 612-332-3242. If you aren't able to attend the 2017 ACB National Conference and Convention, no worries. Virtual walkers are encouraged to register and seek donations. By the time you read this article, the 2017 ACB Walk website will be alive and well. You can link to the site from acb.org. A message with a link to the Walk website has already been posted on many ACB email lists. Don't delay. Register and create your team today. The registration fee is only $25. You can register one of four ways. Go to the Walk website. Complete a paper copy of the registration form by downloading it from the Walk website. Get assistance by calling the Minneapolis office at 612-332-3242. Contact Donna Brown, Walk Committee Chair, by phone at 304-940-0292 or by email at D-O-N-N-A-M-B-R-O-W-N 59 at G-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M. Don't stop participating after you register. The fun is just beginning. Start seeking donations to raise funds for both ACB and the affiliate of your choice. Great prizes will be awarded to the top fundraising teams. On-site walk details. Date, Saturday, July 1. Time, 7 a.m. Location, second floor of the Convention Hotel. All on-site walk participants will receive a rally towel. Prizes will once again be awarded to fastest male and female walkers. Please help us in any way that you can to let the sparks fly on the 1st of July and reach our goal of raising at least $65,000 for ACB and its affiliates. Come prepared to bid and buy at the Sparks of Enthusiasm auction. Although we live in uncertain times, some things are always a booming success, and one of them is the 11th Annual Sparks of Enthusiasm auction which will be held on Monday evening, July 3rd, as part of ACB's annual conference and convention at the Nugget in Sparks, Nevada. From junkets to jewelry, from technology to tasty treats, from gifts for loved ones to goodies for yourself, there's something for everyone at the ACB auction. Without the generous donations of ACB affiliates and members, as well as many companies who do so much to support our efforts, this event would not be the tremendous success that it has become. We thank all who have helped in the past and for your continued support as well. The deadline for informing the auction committee of a donated item is May 31st. If you wish to send your item to Reno ahead of time, please do so, along with a description of the item, by this deadline to Ms. Susan Terry, 3305 Indian Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89506. 
If you have any questions, you may telephone her at 775-232-0997. If you are bringing your item, please provide a description to Auction Committee Chair Kim Hebert by May 31st, either via email at kheb1960 at gmail.com or by telephone at 337-280-9106. So come one, come all, and support ACB as the bargains explode like fireworks on the 4th of July at the Sparks of Enthusiasm auction. In the Palm of Nature Snapshot of a multi-sensory experience in Italy's Abruzzo, Lazio e Molise National Park by Richard Retta. Editor's Note Richard Retta is an avid world traveler with a deep respect for diverse culture and an appreciation for wine, coffee, and local native rituals. Richard is a member of both the California Council of the Blind and CCLVI. End of note. This past September, I was honored to be among six individuals participating with the newly formed Diachron Institute, a nonprofit whose mission is to mediate the cross-cultural and interdisciplinary exchange of relevant and diverse human perspective. During the eight-day adventure, the experiences of nature in the raw, with its vast depth, smells, sounds, and sights, left me in deep fascination and awe, all the while wanting to extend the trip indefinitely. This was an eco-cultural, multi-sensory journey deep in the countryside of Italy's Abruzzo, Lazio e Molise National Park, about two and a half hours outside of Rome. This was a true immersion deep within nature. Although we had comfortable lodging, we were never far removed from the animals that roamed the grounds and deeply forested mountainside. A typical morning included waking up with hot, strong Italian coffee and witnessing cows and horses just outside our window. If we were quick enough, lacing up our shoes, we could be outside in mere moments and pet both the cows and horses happily grazing. Our week also included extensive hiking throughout the National Park, learning about nature and the ecology of the region. Often us blind participants were handed various natural materials, including plant leaves, barks from native trees, wild berries, mushrooms, and other artifacts of the area to touch and smell. On one of our adventures just outside the park, we met with a local wildlife expert who walked us through a path introducing plants and other wild grasses and leafy greens that are edible when adventuring in the wild. The emphasis was also on alternative ways to remain health-conscious. We frequently met with naturalists, ecologists, archaeologists, and locals to gain insight and perspective on how the locals interact with native animals and other species in the region with minimal impact to the environment. During some of our excursions, we happened upon the red deer. In early autumn, the red deer's rutting or mating season is at its peak. It was fairly common to be as close as 50 yards from the active rut and yet not disturbing their activity. We also learned from the local park rangers and locals who frequently walk the park paths that there were two active bears in the region. The widely accepted attitude about the bears was chill. In fact, there has been no attack from bears recorded in more than a 100 years. 
one of the local bears, fondly referred to as Gemma, was known to be a party animal who would ransack garbage cans, fruit trees, and gardens of area homes in the village. Our itinerary also included frequent visits to local taverns and small family dining and coffee establishments. It is no surprise that the Italian culture adores its caffeine ritual of cappuccino, coffee, and yes, vivid tasting wines. Wine and cheese tasting throughout the region is a must and is deeply rooted as part of the cultural thread. There are no Starbucks in Italy. I say this to underscore that Italy largely appreciates locally owned establishments, from lodging to food and more. Our tours of these smaller eateries and coffee houses were often met with getting to know the barkeep and learning the lay of the land, how food and beverages are deeply honored and served. Two of my favorite finds during our adventure were that of sampling sheep's milk cheese and a locally produced liver sausage. The flavors and texture were simple yet powerful. I do not believe that throughout the eight-day adventure we went without bread during any meal. Fortunately, our active hiking explorations kept us from gaining too much weight. A common sign of gratitude in parts of Italy is that of sticking both thumbs into one's own cheeks with fingers of each hand rolled inward and making a twisting motion. This is the equivalent of saying with gratitude that food and beverage consumed is wonderful. During our travels, we witnessed the gracefully aged yet environmentally sound layout of the small villages dotted throughout the region. Often spanning an entire block, many of these tall stone buildings would house local eateries, homes, and other small businesses. When there were sidewalks, often they were short and narrow. I had to stop myself from walking outside to the virtually non-existent sidewalk so that I would not be run down by a car or carriage. Other highlights included closely researching local animal life. To that end, we had opportunities to gently observe and touch recent undisturbed tracks of deer, wolf, and bears. Nathan Rank, our trip leader, guided us through the plaster cast steps of tracks of a red deer. After the deer tracks were plastered and dried, they provided us a three-dimensional, hands-on view of the footing of a typical red deer. In late evenings, we would venture throughout various known locations in the national park to listen to wolves howling. Led by Nathan, we went to various locations, both in remote forests and closer to settlements, with the hope of hearing the wolves. During one of our late-night listening attempts, we heard a short yet powerful wolf howl surrounded by a cacophony of barking dogs. The Casone di Colicilio, a historic waypoint for shepherds, which is integrated into the landscape along the shore of Barea Lake in Abruzzo, was our home for the eight-day trip. Surrounded by wildlife, dirt roads, and animals, literally at our front door, our ears feasted on the red deer rut, cows and horses and birds off in the distance. Our group size was small yet comfortable. Meeting staff and participants from across Italy, France, Greece, and the United States, we shared similarities in lifestyles on blindness, guide dogs, as well as how things are accomplished differently. We learned of each other's passions, love for coffee, wine, and eclectic music. Often conversations would move on deep into the night around the large indoor rustic fireplace. This is what Diachron hopes to achieve in its mission. On this inaugural adventure, the outcome could not have been better planned.
This was the first of what is hoped to be many more multi-sensory travels planned by the Diachron staff. Having been a part of many nonprofit travel organizations during my lifetime, I have not seen a more respected and deeply committed group of people plan and passionately share and experience together the journey. I certainly departed from the trip with a far greater and deeper profound knowledge for the simplicity of the European and Italian lifestyle. Also, as an unintended outcome of this extraordinary travel event, learning about the winds of planting and preparing organic food for consumption doubled my commitment to buying organic as often as possible. For more information about the Diachron Institute, visit www.diacron.org. SAZCB President Takes Piano Bar by Storm by Lindsay McHugh, reprinted from Foresight, Fall 2016. I had the amazing opportunity to sing at several prominent venues in and around Paris. However, opera and classical music are not the only things I'm capable of performing. I also love to do comedic songs, Disney and Broadway show tunes, and I can play them on the piano as well. I am always looking for venues to perform these other genres, particularly my comedy numbers, especially because it is next to impossible to find a singing gig that doesn't require acting and nonverbal communication with an audience. I think I might have found such a venue, the Dusty Monk Pub in Tucson. On the evening of June 24, 2016, I had participated in a summer opera program sponsored by the University of Arizona's Voice Department, which taught its students how to prepare for different aspects of an opera audition. The final performance took place on this night at the Dusty Monk Pub, also known as Downtown Tucson's Piano Bar. I found it extremely odd that such a hoity-toity event would be held in a casual drinking establishment, but it turned out very well. After the performance, we were all invited to stay for the musical theater free-for-all that was about to ensue. The piano player had many books of sheet music from which people could select their favorite show tunes, and he would play it while they sang it, like live karaoke. Since I am very familiar with this genre, I decided to have a few and sing a few. Little did I know that I was about to take the bar by storm. Hey, Lindsay. It was one of the guys from the Sons of Orpheus, the choir with which I had recently traveled to Paris. I have commissioned you for a performance. When? I asked excitedly. Now, he said. I didn't get to hear the two pieces by Tom Lehrer that you sang at our last concert, and I would like to hear them. The piano player said that it was okay for you to sing them at the top of his show. Tom Lehrer is a musician, comedian, and mathematician who has written many songs with dark and somewhat inappropriate humor, but are absolute classics. I devoured his music because the lyrics, not the visuals, are what make it funny, allowing me to show off my voice while making people laugh. Being the ham that I am, I immediately went up to the piano and introduced myself to the piano player. After he played a rendition of the 20th Century Fox fanfare, the bar quieted down and he introduced me as a special guest. As I sang Tom Lehrer's In Old Mexico, I ad-libbed a little to make it funnier, which the entire bar thought was hysterical. After I had performed the second song, I joined my family at their table for some eats and went up to the microphone occasionally to sing Broadway show tunes. I was having such a great time, and the rest of the crowd seemed to be as well. 
Some of my classmates from the opera program wanted to sing a song from Phantom of the Opera, and the piano player couldn't play for them because he didn't have the music. Since I knew those songs very well, I jumped right in and played for them. At the end of the evening, the piano player came to my table and asked, Would you be interested in doing your own night? Wow, I just met the guy and he's asking me to do my own show? Unbelievable. Heck yeah, I want to do my own night, I said. A few months later, I had the chance to play for the bar manager, who immediately scheduled me for September 10th. Since June 24th, I had collected a list of every single song that I at least knew how to play well, even if I didn't know all the words. These lists would be passed around to each table, and people could select which songs they wanted to sing. I had listed songs in four different genres—opera, musical theater, Disney, and other— All guests were encouraged to order copious amounts of food and drink because I would get 10% of the bar or $15 an hour, whichever was more. The bar manager, the piano player, and I had promoted this event like crazy, so I was expecting more singers to be there than there were. People just wanted to hang out, but some came and sang next to me while I sang into the microphone. At one point, however, I did get the whole bar to sing along to Edelweiss from The Sound of Music, which later afforded me a compliment from the piano player. I deliberately sang Think of Me from Phantom of the Opera because one of my friends hates that show. In between phrases, he interjected a spoken phrase that contradicted the one I had just sung, and I played it off as a scene of unrequited love. John McCann, our wonderful secretary-treasurer, gave us a lively rendition of Tom Jones's Delilah and Tom Lehrer's Irish Ballad and Elements Song. An entire family of Disney addicts provided the best version of Be Prepared from The Lion King that I'd ever heard. At the end of the night, I was told that I had earned a total of $133, which came from tips and from the proceeds of the bar. Although I was disappointed that there weren't more people, and especially more singers, I thoroughly enjoyed myself, as did the many friends and acquaintances who patronized the place. I will definitely do it again in a few months. I don't know how that piano player maintains a following there once a week. According to my phantom-hating friend, who is also an accomplished concert pianist, it's easier to maintain a following if you do it once every few months. So if you ever visit downtown Tucson and want to cross between high energy and high culture on a weekend, check out the Dusty Monk Pub. You just might find me there. Don't touch that dial. It's time for Blind and Beyond by Greg Lindberg. Michael and Lynn Golder remember standing in line at a local food bank in the Orlando area just two years after owning a highly successful company in the garment industry. Now, after going through a roller coaster ride over the past eight years, the two work in radio and co host the Blind and Beyond radio show. The show serves as a bridge between the sighted community and the visually impaired and blind community, Michael explains. We want people to know that there is more to life than blindness. That's why we always play the song, Ain't No Stoppin' Us Now. They began airing the weekly broadcast on Sunday, April 3, 2016. Previously, they had hosted a similar syndicated show called Blind Matters. The current program airs live out of a studio in Ocoee, Florida, a small town on the outskirts of Orlando. It runs Sunday evenings from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time on 1680 WOKB AM. It can also be heard online at www.wokbradio.com. 
www.wokb.com, on the TuneIn Radio mobile app, and on the WOKB mobile app. The show is also available by phone at 518-712-0057. Podcasts are available free at www.blindandbeyondradioshow.org. And you can call into the show live at 407-894-1680 to add your two cents about any relevant topic. The show offers a variety of content, from interviews with movers and shakers in the blind community, to inspirational quotes and poems, to trivia. The word beyond is important to remember because of the unique mix the show has to offer. It's all about the word mindset. Michael says, I speak passionately from my heart that blind people can do anything. The only question is if they hold themselves back. You have to be a risk taker. If you fall down, you have to get up. If you are passionate, focused, and persistent, you should never be held back. In addition to the Golders, producer Chris Shaw, who sits behind the glass, is the true heartbeat of the program from a technical standpoint. You'll hear an array of guest co-hosts each week, including FCB members like Sheila Young, Gary Sinclair, and Charles Brooks. Michael has a reputation for his affection for 50s and 60s music, particularly hits by Ricky Nelson, Bobby Darin, and Paul Anka. So if you listen to Blind and Beyond, there's a good chance you'll hear a song from this era when he asks listeners to identify an artist during a Name That Tune trivia segment. When I was a kid, my parents owned the first record distributor for Motown Music, Michael recalls. My father's business partner was Jocko Henderson, a well-known syndicated black DJ. At age 14, I got involved in the record business as a salesman. I also danced many times on American Bandstand, where they nicknamed me Rubber Legs. Michael, originally from Philadelphia, and Lynn, who calls herself a Jersey girl, joined the Greater Orlando Council of the Blind in early 2012 and have been members ever since. It's a really nice group, Michael says. We are very proud members and try to get to the meetings when we can. The couple also does full-time sales work for some radio stations in Orlando. Michael is vice president of advertising for WOKB and Brazil Radio AM and FM, along with taking her husband all around Central Florida to meet with potential on-air advertisers. Lynn writes and records the commercials for the stations. Lynn takes me to all types of businesses, stores, restaurants, car dealers, and even martial arts centers. I go in and try to sell advertising spots on our stations. I enjoy the competitive edge and challenges to this work. I'm a type A personality, and I always like talking to people. Michael previously owned a men's clothing company for over four decades, where Lynn worked as the head designer. After suddenly losing a good amount of his sight while on a sales trip in 2008, Ophthalmologists at Bascom Palmer Eye Institute in Miami diagnosed Michael with idiopathic central serous retinopathy. However, he has received varying opinions on the ultimate cause of his vision loss and has undergone a few procedures. Right after I went blind, I met with a potential business partner. He immediately said, Michael, you're blind. Why would I want to go into business with you? He asked how many buttons were on his three-button suit. When I said three, which was correct, he said it was a lucky guess. 
So this wound up being the end of our business, and I was on the hook for millions. Fortunately, as luck would have it, his wife was looking out for him in more ways than one and spotted a small job posting that would lead to a future successful career for the couple. So one day, Lynn saw an ad in the paper for a radio station looking for a salesperson. She drove me there on gas that we couldn't even afford. The station manager, Carl Tutera, said he didn't care about my visual impairment and decided to give me a shot because as long as I had a mouth, I could do the job. Michael would later get an hour-long show on the big 810 AM in Orlando. This was the birth of Blind Matters in April 2012. This show would eventually expand to three hours and several major markets around the country. It was Budweiser that served as its original sponsor. Lynn spends many hours each week researching potential guests, content, and advertisers for the broadcasts, and Sunday night certainly comes around quickly each week. My favorite thing is planning the show each week and seeing it come to life, Lynn says. I tell Michael that it's like passing an exam. It's similar to working in the garment industry when I would imagine a piece of clothing and then see it manufactured. But the minute I walk out that door on Sunday night at 9.30, I'm already planning the next show in my head. Lynn says the loss of Michael's vision and the involvement in two radio shows about blindness have both been big eye-openers for her. Meeting blind people has changed my life, she says. We did not know one single visually impaired person before. I now think twice about things much more than I used to, and I try to accommodate people. For example, when working on the website for our show, I always take into account the fact that everything has to be accessible. Michael has big dreams for the future of Blind and Beyond. I want this show to become bigger and get into more cities. I also want more people to get involved with the show to help spread our positive message all across the country. How You Sound Really Matters by Larry P. Johnson Editor's Note Larry Johnson is an author and motivational speaker. You may contact him via email at larjo1 at prodigy dot net or visit his website at www.mexicobytouch.com. End of note. I absolutely love listening to how language is spoken, not just English, all languages. I like how they sound, especially when spoken correctly and clearly. Elocution, according to Merriam-Webster's Learner's Dictionary, is the study of how to speak clearly and in a way that is effective and socially acceptable. Have you ever stopped and listened? I mean really listened to how people talk. What you say? Give me a sec. You aren't from here, right? Is it any wonder that visitors to our country sometimes have a difficult time understanding us? Sloppy speech, the slurring of words together or dropping their endings, impairs the clarity of our message. I had a teacher in elementary school, Miss Baker, who would not countenance sloppy speech. She insisted that her students enunciate our words clearly. She had us memorize and recite numerous classic poems like The Midnight Ride of Paul Revere and famous speeches like Lincoln's Gettysburg Address, fragments of which, incredibly, I can still remember to this day. Miss Baker believed that developing good speaking skills would be a big asset for us in school as well as later in life. And she was right. How we sound is often more important than what we say. 
job interviewers pay close attention to how applicants speak. Careless speech habits, using slang or sloppy speech, can actually reduce an applicant's chances of landing that plum job. According to Lori Zellman, Vice President of Human Resources at Strategic Workforce Solutions in New York City, the people most highly sought after are the ones who are succinct in the explanation of their work experience. That means speaking clearly and articulately. In an article on Monster.com, a global careers network website, Diane DeResta offers this advice to job seekers. To avoid slurring and increase understanding, speak slowly during an interview. You don't have to study elocution to speak well. Simply slow down, take time to pronounce all the syllables, and leave slang at home. I perked up my ears today to see what I could hear, and these are just a few of the shortcuts in speech which I heard. Sup, is short for what's up. Let me explain, is short for let me explain. Been there, is short for have you been there. I know nothing about that, is short for I don't know anything about that. What you want to do today, is short for what do you want to do today. But my favorite of all is jeet jet. Jeet is the contracted form for did you eat, and jet is a mispronunciation of yet. So jeet jet is the short form for asking, did you eat yet? Simple, right? The English language is indeed quite complex, but it is also very beautiful, especially when spoken correctly. It mirrors our nation, being an intricately rich and magnificent mosaic of many cultures and origins. Now, there may be some folks who might want to take exception to my criticism of slurred or sloppy speech. It's okay, I tell them. It is what it is. And that's how I see it. How can your chapter or affiliate strengthen your personal outreach to your local community? Compiled by Artis Bazin. The topic of the last ACB membership focus call was, How can your chapter or affiliate strengthen your personal outreach to your local community? Many times we've focused on social media, websites, conventions, and seminars. However, personal outreach in your community may get better results. We shouldn't assume all who are blind know about everything. Specific blindness resources are often not researched until someone has lost a great deal of sight. Below are some ideas on how to get involved in your community to spread the word about your chapter or affiliate. Become a mentor for a blind student or older adult just losing sight. Call local colleges and universities to ask them to share your events with blind students. Work with the Braille Challenge in your area. Tell schools members can share about how blind, visually impaired participate in the community and the skills used. Braille, cane travel, computer access, sports like beep baseball, etc. In Northern California, there is an old-time seaport village which shows how blind people affect the community through a sensory garden. Low-vision members provide the support and maintain and label plants. Some plants rattle in the wind. Plan dining-in-the-dark dinners like spaghetti in the dark. Get sponsors or partners like Lions Clubs to earn more. Create craft and vendor fairs to show Braille and talking devices and meet people and publicize your group. For more volunteers, team with puppy raisers, local blindness agencies, or other disability organizations.
offer correspondence in Braille or training for sighted guides for conference or athletic events. Participate in State Fair Family Day and give Braille and cane demonstrations, disseminate Braille cards and Helen Keller information. Wrap gifts for Barnes & Noble during the holiday season. Make presentations to local organizations about your local and state chapters. On Entrepreneur Day, blind vendors who own businesses could share their products and services. Hold an open house for individuals who have lost some of their sight. Distribute brochures at local fairs. Serve on local boards, commissions for disabilities, rideshare and other transportation committees, home alone projects, vulnerable communities for natural disasters or disaster preparedness for seniors and disabled. Adopt a school to feed children who can't get meals during the summer. Support or volunteer for public housing, boys and girls club, and food bank. Assist in a mud run. Sponsor a car wash so people can see blind folks working. Sell snacks for local beep baseball games or have an annual hot dog sale at a busy grocery store. Offer a raffle with donated items, baseball games, special events, etc. Volunteer at a AAA baseball game to throw out the first pitch, sing the national anthem, etc. Plan a comedy night. Organize a local activity, including a live band and games, with walkathon, bake sale, and other booths. Hold a mutt strut event. Sponsors, exhibitors, walkers and runners, local volunteers, local bands, and getting food donations and raffle prizes from community businesses. Create an Episodes of Life dinner, letting people write experiences about their life and getting sponsors. Post your events on websites, online calendar, and Facebook. Visit senior centers, nursing homes, assisted living centers, vision support groups, and rehab agency clients. Interview people at the agency. Provide a sharing activity like Mary Starshine answering questions about blindness. Network with Braille transcription groups and share Beep Baseball and other blindness-related videos with others. Why not set a goal to try at least one new activity or event this year? If you need assistance with membership, contact the ACB Membership Committee. On April 24, we'll hold our next membership focus call. We'll talk about the benefits of ACB membership. We'll meet at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 5.30 p.m. Pacific. The call-in number is 712-775-7000, and the passcode is 640-009. Affiliate News GDUI seeks nominees for its annual awards. Guide Dog Users Incorporated is seeking candidates for our Ethel Bender and Moffat Gleitz Awards. In addition, we wish to honor the writers and communicators who make our quarterly magazine, Paw Tracks, and other productions such as the GDUI Juno Report, such informative and entertaining publications. We encourage you to think about all the Paw Tracks and GDUI Juno contributors whose stories, articles, and poems have informed and entertained you in the last year. If someone moved you or made you smile or taught you something new about yourself or your dog or your experience as a person who is blind, we hope you will nominate that person for the GDUI Paw Tracks Excellence in Media Award. 
The Ethel Bender Award honors a sighted person who has made a significant contribution to the guide dog community. Past winners include Ted Zubricki, Lucas Frank, and Michael Lilly. The Moffitt Glitz Award honors a person who is blind and who has significantly improved the lives of guide dog users. Awards will be presented at the GDUI Annual Luncheon on Wednesday, July 5th in Reno. Please submit a letter of nomination that includes the names of the persons being nominated, their contact information, and the name of the award for which they are being nominated, and why you think they should receive it. It does not need to be long, but sufficiently worded so as to give us a clear understanding as to why you choose to nominate that person. Please also include your contact information in case we need more information. Send your nominations to Charlie Crawford, C-C-R-A-W-F-O-R-D at R-C-N dot C-O-M and put the words GDUI award nominations in your subject line. No access to email? Call GDUI's office manager, Sarah Calhoun, at 1-866-799-8436. All nominations must be in by June 1st, 2017. Spotlight on ACBS For much of my life, my idea of what it meant to be blind was always redefining itself. I had difficulty accepting my blindness and the blindness community as a whole for many years. For this reason, I never expected to find a home in ACB students in the way that I did last summer. I received a 2016 scholarship, and I can honestly say that attending convention just a few months after graduating from high school was a truly incredible experience. My relationship with my blindness and blindness-related groups by extension was never a source of personal encouragement for me. I was born with low vision in both eyes, which degenerated over time. I lost the vision in my right eye when I was six and the vision in my left eye when I was 14. For many years, I felt like there was nowhere that I truly fit in. While I didn't have enough vision to do all the things that fully sighted people could do, I felt no connections to the individuals that I met who were totally blind either. When I lost my vision completely, I thought that it would be easier to find a place to belong. Now, I told myself, I knew what category I fit into. As I began to try to involve myself in the blindness community, I soon came to realize that I still wasn't experiencing the level of connectedness that I was hoping for. I expected the ACB convention to simply be another repetition of my prior experiences with blindness groups. Instead, I was pleasantly surprised to feel otherwise. I felt free to express myself and how I viewed my blindness because I saw others doing the same. At convention, I not only found acceptance, but a desire to impact the lives of other blind students through my involvement with the board. I was elected ACBS secretary at convention, and it has been an exceptionally rewarding experience that I am so grateful to have had the opportunity to be a part of. Abby Edwards, Secretary. ACB of Ohio holding raffle for $1,500. Can you use $1,500? If so, ACB Ohio can help. Just purchase one or more virtual raffle tickets at only $10 each. Buy three and get a fourth one free. To buy tickets, go to www.acbohio.org slash 
R-A-F-F-L-E. Although the website says you need to use PayPal, you do not. After providing your information on Step 1, move to Step 2 and choose the Use a Credit Card button. If you prefer, call 1-800-835-2226 and Katie will help you. The drawing will take place on May 1st, in time to help with your expenses at the National Convention in Reno. Here and There, edited by Sharon Strakowski. The announcement of products and services in this column does not represent an endorsement by the American Council of the Blind, its officers, or staff. Listings are free of charge for the benefit of our readers. The ACB Braille Forum cannot be held responsible for the reliability of the products and services mentioned. To submit items for this column, send a message to s-l-o-v-e-r-i-n-g at a-c-b dot o-r-g or phone the National Office at 1-800-424-8666 and leave a message in Sharon Lovering's mailbox. Information must be received at least two months ahead of publication date. Reduction in Paper Social Security Statements Due to serious budget constraints, the Social Security Administration is suspending mailings of paper Social Security statements to workers under the age of 60. SSA will continue mailing statements to those 60 and over who do not have a My Social Security online account and are not receiving Social Security benefits. For more information, visit blog.socialsecurity.gov dot dot slash f-i-n-d-i-n-g dash v-a-l U-E dash A-N-D dash M-Y dash S-O-C-I-A-L dash S-E-C-U-R-I-T-Y dash I-N dash L-I-G-H-T dash O-F dash B-U-D-G-E-T dash C-U-T-S slash Service Animal Eye Exams the 10th Annual ACVO Stokes RX National Service Animal Eye Exam event will take place in veterinary clinics from May 1st to 31st, 2017. To qualify, service animals must be active working animals that were certified by a formal training program or organization or are currently enrolled in a formal training program. Owners, agents for the animals must first register the animal via an online registration form at www.acvoeyeexam.org. Registration ends April 30th. Once registered, the owner will receive a registration number and will be allowed access to a list of participating ophthalmologists. Then they may contact a specialist to schedule an appointment during the month of May. Times may vary depending on the facility and are filled on a first-come, first-served basis, so be sure to register and make appointments early. Governor Moorhead School Reunion The Governor Moorhead School Alumni Association, Incorporated will hold its ninth annual reunion August 4th through 6th at the Homewood Suites by Hilton, Raleigh-Crabtree Valley in Raleigh, North Carolina.
Room rates are $99 per night plus tax for kings or $119 per night plus tax for doubles. These rates include a hot buffet breakfast. Registration fees are $65 for members and $75 for non-members. After July 14, there will be an additional $10 fee for registration. Room rates will revert to the hotel's going rate. The reunion committee has planned a 70s-themed weekend, which will include games, a talent show, a 70s best-dressed contest, and a 70s dance contest. Other activities are still in the works. You do not have to be an alumnus of the Governor Moorhead School to attend. All interested people are welcome to join us. Come prepared to participate in our 70s weekend activities. If you have questions or need an information packet, contact Patricia Coley-Duncan via phone at 919-469-4853 or George Littlejohn via phone at 816-825-0303 or via email at g-e-o-r-g-e E-M-I-L-01 at T-W-C dot C-O-M. New dry eye drug to begin human trials. University of Virginia Health System researchers have developed a potential therapeutic treatment for dry eye. Human testing was set to start in March. The drug, Lacropep, is a topical eye drop that aims to eliminate inflammatory triggers by restoring the natural basal tearing mechanism and health of cells in contact with tears. This includes restoration of the nerves on the cornea of the eye, which signals the brain to produce more tears. It also stabilizes the tear film that in dry eye is very unstable. The small-scale clinical trial for patients with Sogren syndrome, dry eye, began in March at 25 clinical sites nationwide. New Savings Guide for People with Disabilities CouponChief.com has recently released a new guide, Retail Savings Guide for People with Disabilities, which provides a detailed walkthrough of discounts and special offers for individuals with disabilities. This guide offers a lot of information on the different discount programs available. Check it out at www.couponchief.com slash g-u-i-d-e-s slash s-a-v-i-n-g-s underscore g-u-i-d-e underscore f-o-r underscore t-h-o-s-e underscore w-i-t-h underscore D-I-S-A-B-I-L-I-T-Y. Nature for All launches website. Nature for All recently launched its website, www.naturefortheblind.com. The site provides information on 165 braille trails and sensory gardens located in 28 countries, plus other opportunities for the visually impaired, such as educational programs and outdoor sports. 
It also provides information on the history of Braille trails, the importance of connecting those with disabilities to the outdoors, links to other outdoor resources for the blind and visually impaired, and educational opportunities and programs. Educational resources on the website include links to schools for the visually impaired, as well as summer camps, education programs, and other informational links. Sports highlighted on the site include golf, horseback riding, beat baseball, bowling, skiing, windsurfing, and many others. For more information on Nature for All, send a message to I-N-F-O-R-M-A-T-I-O-N at N-A-T-U-R-E-F-O-R-T-H-E-B-L-I-N-D dot C-O-M or call 770-940-1124 or visit www.faceboook.com slash n-a-t-u-r-e-f-o-r-t-h-e-b-l-i-n-d slash Vacation Opportunity A camp vacation for blind and visually impaired adults will take place August 6th through 12th at the Lions Camp Pride in New Durham, New Hampshire. New Durham is just two hours from Boston in the scenic lakes region of New Hampshire. Ground transportation will be offered from downtown Boston and Boston's Logan Airport. The Association of Blind Citizens will be kicking off its inaugural vacation opportunity for blind and visually impaired adults. You will have the opportunity to try a host of activities, such as horseback riding, swimming, arts and crafts, visits to local tourist attractions, a hayride, and much more. Spaces are filling fast. For more information, visit www.blindcitizens.org or email John Oliveira at president at blindcitizens.org or call ABC's office at 781-961-1023. The application deadline is June 1st. Candle in the Window Candle in the Window will hold its retreat September 27th through August 1st at the Wooded Glen Retreat Center in Henryville, Indiana. This year's topic is How Do You Do That? Teaching Each Other Skills We've Always Wanted to Learn. Anyone who would like to teach something is invited to get together with those who would like to learn. Skills could range from things like how to ask for help to what the heck do I do with this iPhone to perhaps how to whittle. The retreat fee includes round-trip transportation from the Louisville, Kentucky Airport to the retreat center. All meals and your room per person is as follows. Double occupancy, $550. Single, $705. Due to space constraints, the retreat is limited to 20 participants, so make your reservations early. A $40 deposit, non-refundable, will reserve your spot. All registration fees must be paid in full by September 8th. Payment through PayPal should be sent to C-A-N-D-L-E-I-N-T-H-E-W-I-N-D-O-W-1 at 
G-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M. If you're paying by check, send it to Carlos Taylor, 925 South Lewick Avenue, Muncie, Indiana, 47302. Make check payable to Candle in the Window. For more information, contact Kathy Shinyi at J-O-Y-F-U-L-R-E-N-E-G-A-D-E at G-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M or by phone at 502-759-1288 or Patrick Voda at P-V-O-T-T-A at V-E-R-I-Z-O-N dot N-E-T or via phone 718-797-2475. Treats for Guide Dogs What do craft beer making and guide dogs have in common? Dog treats! The maker of Beer Grain Biscuits, Hungry Hound Beer Skits, LLC Incorporated, began baking barley-based dog treats after discovering the spent grain used in making beer could be a low-cost and healthy key ingredient in the treats. And now, Hungry Hound is supporting guide dog users of the Empire State. The company is donating 40% of its online sales to GDUES. The fundraiser is called the Kaiser Campaign, named after the retired guide dog who loves beer skits. For more information about GDUES, visit www.gdues.org. To learn more about Hungry Hound Beer Skits, LLC, visit www.beergrainteratus.com. Now available from National Braille Press. The eighth Harry Potter book, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, is now available in Braille, three volumes, or BRF. Based on a new story by J.K. Rowling, Jack Thorne, and John Tiffany, this play is the first official Harry Potter story to be presented on stage. Harry Potter is now an employee of the Ministry of Magic, a husband and father of three school-aged children. While Harry grapples with a past that refuses to stay where it belongs, his youngest son, Albus, must struggle with the weight of a family legacy he never wanted. As past and present fuse ominously, both father and son learn that sometimes darkness comes from unexpected places. Also available is Bread and Jam for Francis by Russell and Lillian Hoban. This is an I Can Read Level 2 book, available in Contracted Braille, UEB, for ages 4 to 8. Francis is a picky eater. All she eats is bread and jam. Find out whether her mother is able to get her to eat anything else by the end of this book. And now, NBP is publishing National Geographic Kids in Braille. For more information, visit www.nbp.org. Over in the technology section, you'll find computers you can talk to, Siri, Alexa, Google Now, and Cortana by Anna Dresner. It's available in Braille, one volume, BRF, Word, Text, or DAISY. Most of you are probably familiar with Apple's digital voice assistant, Siri, But what do you know about Amazon's Alexa, Google Now, or Microsoft's Cortana? 
With all these options, you may be wondering what talking assistants can do and which one might be right for you. Maybe you have one or more of these assistants and want to know how to use them more efficiently. The book is an overview, giving you an idea of what sorts of things you can expect from each assistant. For more information on any book, contact NBP 88 St. Stephen Street, Boston, Mass., 02115-4302, or call toll-free 1-800-548-7323, or look online www.nbp.org slash ic slash nbp slash p-u-b-l-i-c-a-t-i-o-n-s slash i-n-d-e-x dot h-t-m-l. Tell Me TV. Most of us have heard of me TV, with the older shows like MASH, The Brady Bunch, Chips, Columbo, and many others. But what's Tell Me TV? Tell Me TV is the world's first fully described video on demand service. All of the TV programs, movies, and documentaries include audio description, and it's compatible with assistive technology, too. The Canadian National Institute for the Blind, CNIB, has been supporting this initiative and has now decided to become an investor to advance Tell Me TV's success. Try it for yourself at www.tellmetv.com. New resource on deafblindness. Walk in My Shoes, edited by Charlotte J. DeWitt, is an extraordinary collection of more than two dozen true-life stories written by writers who have Usher Syndrome. The stories present compelling views and insights to life with deafness and blindness from Usher Syndrome. This book is a project of the Usher Syndrome Coalition and is available on CreateSpace at www.create.com. S-P-A-C-E dot C-O-M slash 6758150 or on Amazon at www.amazon dot C-O-M slash W-A-L-K dash S-H-O-E-S dash I-N-S-P-I-R-I-N-G dash P-E-R-S-P-E-C-T-I-V-E dash E-M-O-T-I-O-N-A-L slash D-P slash 1945756116 X slash R-E-F equal sign S-R underscore one underscore two question mark I-E equal sign UTF eight ampersand QID equal sign one four eight one three nine three seven seven six ampersand SR equal sign eight dash two ampersand KEYWORDS equal sign WALK plus sign IN plus sign M Y plus sign S H O E S percent sign two C plus sign 
C H A R L O T T E plus sign D E W I T T. Walk in My Shoes is also available as a Kindle book through Amazon. www.amazon.com/dp/b01msxmo5x Slash R E F equal sign S R underscore one underscore one question mark I E equal sign U T F eight ampersand Q I D equal sign one four eight one three nine three seven seven six ampersand S R equal sign eight dash One ampersand K E Y W O R D S equal sign W A L K plus sign I N plus sign M Y plus sign S H O E S percent sign two C plus sign C H A R L O T T E plus sign D E W I T T. Proceeds will go to the Usher Syndrome Coalition for providing scholarships to Usher Syndrome conferences and for supporting research for cures for various forms of Usher Syndrome. C Boost Wearable Device. Electro-optical medical device manufacturer Evergaze LLC recently entered into a five-year agreement with the Dallas Lighthouse for the Blind to distribute Evergaze's products to its affiliated network of nonprofit organizations nationally. This agreement includes the sale, distribution, and customer support for the new CBoost registered trademark miniature wearable device. This device is designed to assist people experiencing vision loss, including loss of vision due to age-related and juvenile macular degeneration (AMD), Stargardt disease, retinitis pigmentosa, and diabetic retinopathy. Dallas Lighthouse began offering CBoost in January. Envision Eli's new mobile app. Envision Eli LLC now has a free mobile app available. It was designed to assist those with visual impairments in identifying objects. How does it do that? It uses a set of adhesive labels that the user can put on anything. Then, using the app, the person records a voice message that will be played any time the user points the mobile device to the label. Labels can be re-recorded any time. The mobile app is available in the Apple and Google stores. Visit. i t u n e s dot a p p l e dot c o m slash u s slash a p p slash e n v i s i o n dash e l i slash i d one one six nine six zero zero four five zero question mark one s equal sign One ampersand M T equal sign eight, or P L A Y dot G O O G L E dot C O M slash S T O R E slash A P P S 
slash D-E-T-A-I-L-S question mark I-D equal sign E-N-V-I-S-I-O-N dot E-L-I. The Eli Label Pack trademark contains 100 unique and special QR-coded adhesive labels. Each label is associated with the unique language of the user. For more information, send a message to info at envisionelli dot com. New apps in the EDA family. The EDA Play team recently introduced two new apps for training of vision and fine motor skills. They were tailor-made for children with visual impairments and multiple disorders, developed under the supervision of low-vision specialists and early intervention experts. Features of the EDA Play apps. Illustrations in comprehensible shapes. Bold colors, sufficient size of pictures. Contrast between the background and the illustration. Tasks at various levels of difficulty. Tasks ranging from simple watching the action and simple touching on a screen to eye-hand coordination. For iPad devices. The Toby app is available for free at edaplay.com slash eda-play-toby slash EDA Play Poly may be found at edaplay dot com slash eda dash play dash pauli slash and the EDA Play Eli's app is available at edaplay dot com slash eda dash play Dash E-L-I-S slash. Apps are also available at the iTunes Store. Perkins welcomes new Chief Development Officer. David Whalen is the first Chief Development Officer at Perkins School for the Blind. He will oversee fundraising efforts and work to develop new funding opportunities that will allow Perkins to expand its mission. Whalen has 25 years of experience in nonprofit development, including stints at Partners in Health, the New England Aquarium, and the Union of Concerned Scientists. Weekly Infusion Podcast Michelle Poe produces a podcast called Weekly Infusion, hosted by Dr. Drew Pinsky. A recent guest was Mike May, who was blinded at age 3 and had his vision restored at 43. To hear his story, visit bit.ly slash capital W E E K L Y capital I N F U S I O N capital M I K E capital M A Y SoundCloud audiobook samples. Charlotte Kyle has a SoundCloud page with samples of her recorded audiobooks. One book listed on the site is Palindrome 656. You can listen at s-o-u-n-d-c-l-o-u-d dot c-o-m slash i-n-f-i-n-i-t-8-t-i. Books are available on iTunes, Audible, and Amazon.com. High-Tech Swap Shop For sale, Vario Ultra Braille Display, 
used only twice, in excellent condition, asking $2,000. I read now OCR software with document camera, in excellent condition, asking $800. If interested in either item, email Connie David, C-O-N-N-I-E at C-O-N-N-I-E-D-A-V-I-D dot C-O-M or phone 612-695-6991. For sale, American Printing House, APH, Refresh a Braille 18 display. Asking $500 or best offer, contact Philip Ashley via email philip A-S-H-L-E-Y-2006 at H-O-T-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M or at 703-581-9587 for more information. For sale, Blaze ET with the following accessories included. Three rechargeable batteries, original carrying pouch, two AC adapters, USB cable, charging cradle, scanning stand, remote controller, 4-gig SD card, Blaze ET Dictionary and Thesaurus, and the user's guide on CD and in Braille. Unit and all accessories have been very well cared for and are in excellent condition. Asking $400 or best offer. Contact Marianne Robbins. M-A-R-Y-F-A-I-R-Y. 2880 at gmail.com. Free to Good Home. Braille Bible. New World Translation. 19 volumes. Contact Thomas Eberts at 610-417-8940 or via email thomas dot eberts at V-E-R-I-Z-O-N dot N-E-T. Free to Good Home. Everything You Need to Know to Use the Mac with El Capitan and VoiceOver by Janet Ingber in Braille. Two volumes. We'll send via free matter. Contact Dan Marshall at 504-265-8001 or via text at 225-892-892. 7055 or email dmarshall5319 at gmail.com. ACB Officers President Kim Charlson, Second Term, 2017, 57 Grandview Avenue, Watertown, Mass., 02472. First Vice President, Jeff Tom, second term, 2017, 7414 Mooncrest Way, Sacramento, California, 95831-4046. Second Vice President, John McCann, first term, 2017, 8761 East Placida Boulevard, Tucson, Arizona, 85715-5650. Secretary, Ray Campbell, second term, 2017, 460 Rain Tree Court, number 3K, Glen Ellen, Illinois, 60137.
Treasurer, Carla Rushevel, third term, 2017, 148 Vernon Avenue, Louisville, Kentucky, 40206. Immediate past president, Mitch Pomerantz, 1115 Cordova Street, number 402, Pasadena, California, 91106. ACB Board of Directors, Jeff Bishop, Tucson, Arizona, first term, 2020. Denise Colley, Lacey, Washington, first term, 2020. Sarah Conrad, Madison, Wisconsin, final term, 2020. Dan Dillon, Hermitage, Tennessee, first term, 2020. Katie Frederick, Worthington, Ohio, first term, 2018. George Holliday, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, final term, 2018. Alan Peterson, Horace, North Dakota, final term, 2018. Patrick Sheehan, Silver Spring, Maryland, first term, 2018. Dan Spoon, Orlando, Florida, final term, 2020. David Trott, Talladega, Alabama, first term, 2018. Ex officio, Ron Brooks, Phoenix, Arizona. ACB Board of Publications. Ron Brooks, Chairman, Phoenix, Arizona, first term, 2017. Paul Edwards, Miami, Florida, first term, 2018. Susan Glass, Saratoga, California, first term, 2017. Debbie Lewis, Seattle, Washington, first term, 2018. Doug Powell, Falls Church, Virginia, second term, 2018. Ex officios, Katie Frederick, Worthington, Ohio. Bob Hache, Waltham, Massachusetts. Bert Colley, Lacey, Washington. Carla Rushevel, Louisville, Kentucky. Accessing your ACB Braille and eForums. The ACB eForum may be accessed by email on the ACB website via download from the webpage in Word, plain text, or Braille-ready file, or by phone at 605-475-8154. To subscribe to the email version, visit the ACB email lists page at www.acb.org. The ACB Braille Forum is available by mail in Braille, large print, half-speed four-track cassette tape, data CD, and via email. It is also available to read or download from ACB's webpage and by phone, 605-475-8154. Subscribe to the podcast versions from your second-generation Victor Reader stream or from http colon slash slash www.acb.org slash bf slash.